And this is Angie Meadows. And this is Will. And we're on the Rocker Recovery Relationship Addiction Book. You want to hear these again, they're on our podcast. The, this is Chapter 10, Overcoming Lust Patterns. Self-absorption misses true love and drops into lust. Okay, self-absorption. So when I am self-absorbed, it's all about me, 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 me. What about me? What about me? (laughs) So I want to make sure that my life is built upon Christ and not upon uh, a self-centeredness. Introduction. Lust patterns dominate unintentional thinking patterns just like any other addiction well look at that if i'm not intentional about how i am thinking and i'm uh, struggling with a wound in my heart one of the ways that i might cope you know i'm i'm sick of hearing the noise and the suffering so one of the ways i might cope would be developing lust patterns lust can force itself upon you and be a hard pattern to break There is no way to stop it without intentionally recognizing the thought pattern, refusing and replacing it with a healthy thought. Practice conquering lustful thoughts to build the skill to conquer other addictive thinking patterns. Practice self-control in other areas of your life to develop the ability to say no to yourself. Yeah, so if I if I have a package of cookies, what about two instead of half the pack? <laughs> you know, that would be uh, developing self-control in all the areas of my life. Those who are newly sober can be doing very well unless they are triggered by an addictive sexual relationship. Then their recovery may crash. There is a pleasure center in the brain triggered by lust, sex, porn, food, drugs, alcohol, or any other addiction. It all triggers addictive brain patterns. Early recovery relationships also trigger intense abandonment wounds. Okay, so one of the thoughts here is food. I will see uh, someone in a recovery and they're literally um, craving sugar. So they're taking sugar and they're putting a half a cup in a glass of milk. Uh, they're using a whole cup in their tea. They're, they're going to relapse because they're, they're not controlling even the food. They're doing excess everywhere. And so in recovery, when you get in a relationship too quickly and you don't have your identity, this, this is going to trigger abandonment wounds and neglect wounds and, and trigger that um, addiction center of your brain. If we, learn to, if we learn the skill to change one thinking pattern, we can change another. Otherwise, one dominating, uncontrolled pattern may lead to the next. Okay, so if I'm, I'm, I've got a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction, I may end up with a sex addiction or a food addiction. So we have to control one and start building on the easiest one, whichever one's the easiest in your life, and start developing some self-control there and then move to the next and the next. So let's look at the skills to conquer our lust patterns. Number one. Refusing feelings as a guide, not denying them, but not following them. Yeah, we want to listen to them, but we don't want them to be our identity. They're just a feeling. Number two. When lust comes, make a prayer target for the person that is the object of your lust. Lord, give them purity and safety. Help me see them through eyes of virtue and protection and not devouring. Hmm. So we have uh, we have people that are predators and devourers, and we have people that are protectors. So when you're starting a relationship, 
are you very protective over this person or are you just coming in for your selfish needs? So number three. Practice refusing the thought by taking dominance over the ground in your head. Yeah, so if there is a thought pattern, whether it's a toxic thought pattern of a negative rumination, of self-condemnation, or of lust, I, I've got about three to five seconds to take that thought and move it and replace it with a scripture before it has to think its whole way through again and land me in the same spot. Number four. Set an intention to practice self-control. Don't even look. Don't even look. There's a scripture that says that. It says, don't even look. Number five. Play it out to emotionally destruction, not the pleasure. Hmm. So if you're looking at something in your in early recovery and you're like, oh, wow, I'd really like to start that relationship. But you know that this person's toxic. Uh, play this all the way out to destruction. Um for where this has gone with this person in your past before. Maybe this is the same person. You keep going around this bush over and over and over again, and you've been doing this for a decade. Um, and now they're a little bit different. They're coming back, and they're love-bombing you. And this could be starting the cycle over again. So back up. Play this out in your mind to emotional destruction and not your pleasure so that you're not stuck in that relationship addiction and wait and see if this is a true change or if they flip as soon as you say no. Number six. Think of others who will be hurt. Yes. Number seven. How will this interfere with my with your life goals? So if you keep going back into toxicity, you're going to struggle meeting your life goals. Number eight. Practice self-discipline in other areas of life. Number nine. Propose or purpose to do what is right. Purpose to do what's right. Number 10. Break its power through confession with one or two trusted friends. Yeah, you can't go to everyone and and confess things that you're that's in your thought patterns. You need to just go to your inner circle, your people that you really trust. Number 11. Think about habits, patterns, past coping skills. Has this been a dysfunctional thinking pattern before? Yeah, and what coping skills do you have? Do you have healthy coping skills or do you go and comfort yourself with stuff that's more destructive? Number 12. Set an intentional. An intention. Set an intention for each day. Peace, contentment, joy. Yeah, our intention today was kindness. <laughs> yes. So number 13. Have a motto to refuse yourself when your thoughts stray. Hmm. So I just refuse to think that. Number 14. Learn to meditate upon your breath. The only thing you can really control. Then observe your thoughts, but don't identify with them or indulge them. Only observe. Only observe. Lust is likely not only triggering a pleasure center of your brain, but giving your imagination a place to focus with a sense of control. Huh. So look there. If I'm dropping into lust, it could be that I have 90% of my life that's out of control, and this is the one part that I can control. So it could be a root of lust is an attempt to control one area of your life because the other areas are out of balance and out of control. In a fantasy, you can control what the other person says or does in the scenario to validate, affirm, or nurture yourself in ways that are lacking. Yeah, so if I don't have this validation and this affirmation, if I don't have strong friends in my life, I, I'm going to be fantasizing and 
trying to fulfill that need. So if I'm an adult that did not get that kind of validation as a child, I might be still running around this same pattern. If you grew up in domestic violence, your only way of survival as a child might have been fantasy. And now these fantasies have turned into less patterns that need worked on. Our imaginations are a good thing when they are sanctified and directed towards creativity. Control is a good thing when it helps us develop self-control. Unsanctified use of imagination or control can be like treading water and end in exhaustion and emotional drowning. (laughs) An unsanctified imagination. Yep, that's going to land you in no good land. So when lustful imagination controls every aspect of a fantasy relationship, it is a powerful drive to role play the acts you have envisioned to bring fulfillment of this fantasy. If the actions do not fulfill the fantasy, it may drive you to despair and your next relapse. If the person can't be controlled, they're going to be discarded and devalued quickly. So what's the triggers here? Number one. Needs of affirmation. affirmation, Adoration. Adoration or affection affection not fulfilled. Yeah, so if I I don't have any of this stuff in my life, it might be a trigger for me to start a lustful pattern. Number two. Unmet needs, neglect, natural sex drive, unhealed wounds. So a lot of this is a natural tendency of our bodies, but we have to be able to put that under subjection of the Holy Spirit so that it can be sanctified and set apart as holy for the Lord's use. Number three. Desperation to be loved, held, and cared for. This is very common with people who have been abused as children. Number four. Undisciplined thinking. So if I have not disciplined my thinking, but it tells me what to think and then I there I go uh, it's going to be it's going to be painful so I might drop into less patterns to be able to give myself a safer place to be another trigger another trigger could be uncomfortable circumstances which are overwhelming emotionally and trigger old emotional wounds yes would this give the enemy an opportunity to slander accuse or blaspheme the name of the lord and here's some scriptures for you to think about number one make no provision for the flesh but put on the lord jesus christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires romans 13 14 in other words um if there's something in front of you that you're watching that's going to trigger lust, then don't watch it. Don't make any provision for that flesh. Number two. Flee youthful lust. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Second Timothy 2.22. Number three. Can a man take fire in his lap and not be burned? For the price of a prostitute reduces one to a loaf of bread, and an adulteress hunts for a precious life. Can anyone take fire in his lap and his clothes not be burned? Proverbs 6, 26 and 27. Number four. Victim mentality. Driven like a dog to return to their vomit through animal-like instincts. In Proverbs 26, 11, it says, As a dog returns to its vomit, fools return to their folly. So if I realize that... Dropping into lust is going to lead me into the wrong types of relationship, and that's foolish, and I'm going to end up in foolish situations that's going to cause me lots of stress and anxiety. If I can think that way, it may stop me. It may give me the self-control that I need. So let's look at what a devastation trap would look like. Justifying, rationalizing, 
everyone else does it no one will know it can be a secret we are adults <laughs> oh yeah you're doing this you're you're in a you're getting ready to put yourself in a trap so what does ungodly soul ties look like sensual selfish idolatrous sexual potential Potential to shipwreck your whole life and leave you stranded. Ouch. <laughs> On that little desert island, stranded out there, no way back. So a godly soul tie, what does this look like? Security, stability, sacrifice, safe, sacrifice your desires to God. I can remember fussing at the Lord. My husband had been sick for many years, and I was fussing about the needs that I had that I was telling the Lord that this just wasn't fair. And the Lord said, uh, that's Hollywood. That's a fantasy. This is real life. <laughs> so sometimes we have expectations of Hollywood, and this is real life, and we just need to understand that. If lust is in your dreams or your early sleep-wake state, then it is in your subconscious and needs pulled up and renounced, rejected, and not indulged. Mm. It must be dealt with immediately. Find what triggers it. Emotional re rejection can cause self-comforting, role-playing, imaginary romance. If it is a dominant subconscious habitual thought pattern, it will demand to be played out. Huh. Look at that. So sometimes this stuff is just stuck in our subconscious where we did it as teenagers. We did it as young adults. We did it every time we were in domestic violence, trying to cope with that violence, trying to give ourselves a little safe place to role play and to get out of the way and to, and to imagine a better life. Well, if those things have happened, then we've got to break those habitual thought patterns and think different thoughts. Does confession increase its power because you are looking to have an excuse approved or validation hmm. or, or validated yes does replaying it lead to rationalizing reasoning and manipulating to convince yourself it's okay yeah so you need to think about these things what makes it stronger what makes it weaker hmm. rules to live by do not give anyone false expectations of a future if you don't intend on pursuing the happiness ever after <laughs> so in other words don't start a re relationship with all kinds of promises when you don't even know this person yet number two do not have multiple relationships going at the same time uh this this is uh, a shipwreck <laughs> i'm gonna wait to happen do not sleep with the roommate yeah a lot of times in recovery what i hear is that um they'll get in recovery and then the one person will sleep with the roommate and it makes them all relapse so number four do not rally others to fight over you wow number five do not chase them until you catch them and then dump them this is very common in relationship addictions it's it's the chase of of that addictive uh, feeling number six do not lure somebody away from their stable relationship for a short fling number seven do not withhold emotional connection with an intimate married marriage partner yes numbers uh, that number seven is is very important if you are married it's very important that you intimately connect with your partner and if you are not you can expect there to be some suffering in that relationship that needs healed so let's look at what sacrificial love would look like heals lust fills the soul leads to contentment worth the wait doesn't have to worry about hurting others 
doesn't have to worry about exposure. Hmm. How about that? Sacrificial love. Okay, so let's identify what true love looks like in 1 Corinthians 13. Love never fails. This love grows and grows with time. Never remembers wrongs. Thanks to best. Deep spiritual connection. Never remembers wrongs. Thanks to best. One accord. One mind. One heart. Love covers... Love covers a multitude of sins. True love will care for each other without fail as a a privilege privilege, and will be happy to do it. Yes, there's a lot of sacrifice with true love. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of working through things. But if one partner is selfish, it's going to be very difficult for this relationship to grow. It's going to end up with a lot of insecure attachments. Um, So... Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now let's look at Romans, that was uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Now let's look at Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame, because God, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Hmm, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Look at that. Be of one mind, strive for full restoration, encourage one another. So the exercise is to have gut honesty. It leads to more intimacy. It is so important to be seen, heard, accepted, love. Confess your lust or infidelity to a safe, trusted person with a desire to repent and escape it. So here's the warning. Sometimes it is more important not to confess your significant other. Not, not to, to confess. confess your significant other if they are immature or clean and lack confidence. Clearing your conscience is less important than protecting others who will be hurt by your actions or misjudged your motives. Hmm. So sometimes you need to confess to your your closest loved ones and sometimes if you know it's going to hurt them and they're never going to let it go then go and confess to somebody else so let's look at a true love evaluation number one can this person withstand the test of time number two relationships will not develop a firm foundation on lust or neediness number three true love is always loving kindness wow always don't open your mouth if you're not kind (laughs) number four laying down your life in love sacrificially dying to selfness selfishness this sounds like christ yes number five feel their burden like a type of love we have for our kids number six it's meditative meditative relaxing and deep breathing rarely stressful number seven safe eight can't be forced nine can't be rushed or grabbed too quickly yeah it's worth the wait number ten baby chick or a butterfly it must struggle to be birthed 
to be strong. Yes. So if you pick the shell off for that little baby chick, he's going to die when he gets out because he didn't fight to get out of that shell. So if you're growing love and it somebody else opens it up too quick, it's it's going to die. So number 11. Thanks of the others, other one first. Number 12. Go through the fire in the relationship. Number 13. Goes in the fire through or goes in the fire through the love of Christ. Amen, amen. So sometimes you need the love of Christ to love each other. <laughs> if you have Christ in the center relationship, both people are going to grow. So what's a trust bond look like, Will? Simple love develops with simple childlike trust. Mm, no inhibitions, no fear to love. No fear to let go. No fear to spend or be spent for one another. Sacrifices are mutual, not one-sided. There is an equal give and take. Best friends. No need to hide. Always willing to wait. Individuality is respected. Boundaries are accepted. Well, look at that. That that sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> if yeah. you could, if you could, but if you're both working on it and you see the list and you correct yourself when it's something else, then you will be able to develop that kind of strength in a relationship. But now let's look what a fear bond would look like if we don't have a trust bond. Stubborn. Uh, refuses to connect except temporarily temporarily to get their needs met build hard exterior walls around their heart refuses to connect through intimate conversation refuses correction avoids deep intimacy feels unsafe expects to be betrayed embraces depression isolates distracts distracts themselves with television games social media number 12 attaches to inanimated inanimate inanimate objects like a hoarder (laughs) he's gonna hoard his trash because that's more important than you are so the possessions are more important than people angry bullish if confronted expects rejection and lonely yeah if you've got a fear bond there's going to be a lot of loneliness in this relationship you got to work on that fear bond and build trust bonds so what's the application seek god first and you will find the connection you need and desire and desire let the lord freely move people in and out of your life yeah an open hand with relationships is really good if you are not needy you will be less impulsive and less likely to stumble into a repetitive cycle of broken relationships. Take the time to nurture yourself and then nurture a friendship before you allow romance to develop. So when I develop a love relationship with my Heavenly Father, I am strong enough to love another. Love God first and then others through your identity of wholeness with your Father God. When I am broken and starving for love, I am needy and I rush and the confusion is very near, and I forgot to include the Lord. So I need to love God first and then love others through God. And now if they're a little porky piney, I'm okay, because it's not about me. It's about the love of God. So what's the principle? Self, self-absorption, misuse, trust, love, and drops into lust. So self-absorption misses true love and drops into lust. So if you have a lot of lust, move your thought patterns away from yourself, away from selfishness, and onto others and God. So in conclusion, give God permission to act supernaturally in your life and introvert or intervene. (laughs) Then do work to build your life in Christ 
to develop the skill to enjoy healthy relationships. Yeah, there, there's a skill that you need to develop a healthy relationships, especially if you grew up in chaos, then you're just normally going to regulate the internal chaos externally. So we want to instead build some internal controls, number one. Confession to a sponsor or trusted friend. Number two. Self-denial. Number three. Sacrifice needs to God. Four. Prayer and fasting. Wow. Number five. Abiding in Christ. This all equals more than a conqueror. Romans 8, 37. Know in all these things we are more than conqueror through him who loves us. Praise out of here, Will. Lord, will you give me the desire to conquer my lust? Lust has been a close friend that has replaced true intimacy in my life. I have not learned to trust others and attract others as broken as myself. Help me to see my worth through your eyes and not my own. Help me to know your love for me. Enlarge my heart that I may trust enough to receive blessings from you and others. Wow. Lust has been a close friend and has replaced true intimacy. So if I'm developing lust patterns and nurturing those, I'm going to miss the truth of, of closeness with another. And this is Angie Meadows. And this is Will. And we'll see you next time.